to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty spooky. Me too. And Ike, this is going to be a fun one, as today we are discussing the Child's Play franchise. I like these deep dives. I like when we talk a franchise. This gets, this gets fun when we do this. So uh, I'm pretty excited to talk all things Chucky today. Uh, but before we dive into all that, uh, if you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. And also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you got to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. Or you can just look in the description of the podcast, the notes in the podcast. There are links to all those there. As always, a special thank you to our wives, Kayla and Monica, uh, for uh, supporting us, uh, putting up with us. Potato, potato, however you want to put it. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the same uh, in the Listen to Their Screams verse. And as always, we'll mention it again later, but we are going to issue a spoiler. We are discussing movies here. And in the uh, process of doing so, we will spoil plot points. So you have been warned. Ike, uh, we're talking Child's Play today. Before we dive into that, uh, what'd, you, what'd you watch this week? Anything good? Yeah, actually, I watched a couple of things. Um, I watched, uh, well, this is kind of a movie I think we both watched. We both watched uh, Holy Shit on Screenbox. Um, yeah, I did. I, man, what'd you think of that? Um, you know, so going into it, you know, you read the description and, uh, definitely I thought it was going to be a lot, a lot more stupid. I thought it was going to be a stupid movie. Yeah. Um, but you start watching it and I mean, it has a pretty legit storyline. Um, pretty, I mean, it's not inherently like scary, scary. It's kind of more in the ballpark of like tragic, like a tragedy movie. Yeah. Because um, like you know the guy gets into an accident, but it slowly is uncovered and not be an accident type deal. And you know it's got some gore, got some humor. Um, it is in another language, but overall, I, I would say I really liked it. Um, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had some tension. In it. Uh, clearly, when you read about a guy that's stuck in a porta potty. Um, and that, that's the the gist of the movie, right? That's the in a nutshell. That's oversimplifying it. You think, oh my god, what is that? Um, <laughs> but it it was not at all as campy as what I anticipated it would be. And uh, I have to say, it, it worked. I, I think yeah. it worked. Um, I don't know, man. It, it had a lot of tension. It had a lot of suspense to it. I think. I, I mean, it was a fun watch. I, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, so I highly recommend that people go out there and check it out. Uh, so besides, besides, I mean, it's called Holy Shit. That's just fun to say. I mean, give me a break. I mean, what a play on words. The guy stuck in a porta potty in a movie called Holy Shit. I mean, come on. Uh, so besides that, what else did you watch? Uh, I actually watched a movie on Tubi. Um, it was called Horror in the High Desert. Um, I do have to give credit to Kayla for this one because she actually recommended that we watch it. She found it and she was like, "I've heard this is good." Um, it was really good. It was. It's a basically a. Uh, it's a documentary. Um, it's, it is fake, but it's a documentary format. And honestly, the beginning of the movie feels like a pure documentary. Um, it makes you genuinely believe that what you're watching is a real documentary. But it's a story of a guy who is an outdoors enthusiast who went missing um, under mysterious circumstances. And there are some, you know, tricks and things that kind of come along that kind of make you think that maybe this wasn't just a 
normal disappearance in the woods. Um, and there are some kind of spooky elements. And really the last like 30 minutes of the movie is kind of honestly very spooky. Um, and uh, but it, it's definitely a little bit of a slow burn because they definitely play hard into the documentary style. But it was really good. It was on Tubi, uh, free with ads if you if you guys are interested. There is a sequel. It does require you to purchase it. I, I think I'm going to do that next week. But uh, yeah, honestly, it was really good. Yeah, it always amazes me the selection on on Tubi. Uh, yeah, stuff. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of stuff. It's it's pretty wild for being a free service. I mean, yeah, you got to put up with ads, but it, it's wild to me. It's wild to me that ads are such a thing anymore. Because you know, <laughs> I used to watch you know network broadcast movies all the time and ads. Ads didn't bother me at all, and nowadays it's like, oh, ads, good. It's, it's yeah. such a such a weird modern phenomenon. It, it is weird because prior prior to me moving to Florida, I, I didn't, I never watched TV. I always watched streaming stuff. Uh, but when I moved down here, I actually um, with my uh, my in laws, we we started watching like Jeopardy with dinner. Um, I know I'm like a hundred years old, but we started watching Jeopardy, and um, you you don't realize how like incessant uh ads are like how ridiculous they are um and i watch a lot of youtube so i'm used to like occasional ads but for like tv like you'll watch like for instance the other day i was watching a movie on tv i don't know why i was watching on tv because i have it on streaming but i was watching rocky on streaming like five minutes go by on tv and like then it's like 15 minutes of ads (laughs) (laughs) anyways Uh. And man, ads just aren't the ads just aren't as creative as they used to be though. Ads used to be fun. Right. They used to be entertaining. I used to, I mean, I don't know. but uh, I don't know. We guess I'll I'll, I'll save it. I'll, I'll go shout out the clouds later. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, I so, digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you'll see. I, I I watched holy shit as well. Like I said, I enjoyed it. And then I did watch a movie from 1988 called Edge of the Axe, and it only yeah. came up because I saw it as a uh, it was an anniversary of the release date. It was all right. It was nothing, nothing great, but it was, it was good enough. It was, it was, it was a fun little movie. It was kind of, you can kind of tell that it was on the tail end of that, the 80s slasher kind of run. Yeah. Uh, before it got in the 90s stuff, but uh, I mean, it was okay. Uh, you know, uh, it's not one that I would, you know, that I'll go out and, and, and shout to the world, oh, you must watch this, but, <laughs> but it was fun enough. So, and that's, that's besides, uh, besides the, the material for the, for the program that I, I did do a complete rewatch of the child's play series in preparation for this because there were a few that I have not seen in a really long time. And the fact of the matter is when I watched the reboot of child's play, I watched this and like, man, there's only bits of this that are, are familiar to me. I'm like, have I only seen this once? <laughs> and I think I have. So I did watch the entire rewatch of that. Um, but we're also today going to discuss the, uh, it's coming out on April 4th on Screenbox, uh, the, uh, documentary on the child's play series called living with Chucky. Uh, and I did watch that, so we'll talk about that uh, later. Uh, spoil alert! It is phenomenal. It yes. was it was great. Uh, so we'll discuss that in here in a bit as well. Uh, but before we dive into um, all the child's play and the Chucky fun, uh, let's talk about a couple things here, a couple bits of business. Uh, we're not going to do our usual upcoming releases and merchandise and news. We're, we're not. We're, you know, we we extend that for time purposes on these kind of uh, cumulative episodes where we talk about a franchise. But we do have a little bit of stuff to talk about. We have been running the Slash Madness tournament. It is officially done. It is officially concluded. And uh, I, I don't think it's a surprise, but the most iconic horror movie killer, as voted on by our Twitter followers or our listeners or, or whoever it is that's going out there they're voting, 
is Michael Myers. And I don't think that's any surprise whatsoever. In the final match, he defeated Jason Voorhees. He he got 77% of the votes. I thought maybe it would be a little closer, but I mean, come on. If you're talking most iconic horror movie, come, I mean, I, I just think, I don't know. I think Michael Myers is it. I don't yeah. I don't think that's a surprise at all. Uh, you know, I love Jason, but my, my go-to guy is Michael as well. I mean, that's that's the guy. I mean, you know, it, it's he's the prototype, right? He's the guy that 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 defined that kind of character to me. I mean, yes, you can tweak it. Yes, you can put you know new things to it. But it's he's the guy that set the stage. Uh, so I don't think it's any surprise that he won that tournament. Ike, uh, what, do, what do you think? Absolutely. I think Michael Myers, obviously, is sort of like the de facto slasher villain. Um, in a lot of ways, Michael Myers is just like he he is the slasher genre. Um, obviously, there are a lot of great slashers that came after him, and there are even some that came before him. Uh, but I would definitely argue that there are none more iconic than Michael Myers. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. And I would also I would also throw in there that part of it could be the uh, uh, the handling of the franchise. Yeah. The, the Halloween franchise has has new movies, right, that have just recently come out. They've always had movies out there. When you talk, you know, your other guys, you talk, thank you, know, the, the Jason from Friday the 13th. Freddy from the nightmare. Those, those franchises have been, have been fumbled a lot here lately. And there's not been a lot for uh, those fans to dive, you know, dive into. And I think that may have hurt it a little bit. And that may, you know, it's, it's just that, you know, you know, being in mind, uh, being relevant, being in the forefront. I mean, Halloween's been there and, uh, you know, and that's, that's the way it is. It's, it's always there, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, there's always an incarnation of Michael Myers. Uh, you don't have to go too long before you get it. So, uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about before we dive into Child's Play is uh, the Dead Meat Horror Awards uh, were on this weekend. Uh, and if, I, I highly advise you go and follow our channel on YouTube. Is at youtube.com slash deadmeat. These horror awards were amazing. Uh, they were they were great. They had great uh, guest presenters and everything else. They have really improved a lot of things from their last one. This is the second annual, uh, second one of these. And I, and I feel like going into the third, they're going to even up the ante even more. Um, before we get into the awards, we're going to briefly go through some of the awards a little bit. But, Ike, we did a little contest, right, just within us <laughs> with with you, me, and then our, and the wives, Kayla and Monica. And, I, you know, there'll be another wives rebuttal that'll come up pretty soon. And, man, I mean, we're going to have to bring it because <laughs> in, in our contest, uh, it was won by your wife, Kayla, yep. who picked – Four, correct. That would, that, let's be fair. Four is not that great a percentage, but so be it. But I mean, who am I to argue? Because I came in dead last with two. I had two correct. But my problem is with all these kind of things, I pick too much with the heart. Yeah. I really do. And and it, and it gets me. Uh, but yes, uh, but you know, I mean, you tied with Monica for second with three. So not a great <laughs> showing for us overall, uh, which is okay, whatever. So be it. But I feel like, you know, Kayla, Kayla took the award there for us. And our little, and our little thing, and uh, so I feel like the next time we have a wiser rebuttal, man, we're gonna really have to bring it hard. And, and I mean, we're the guys that's hosting the horror podcast here. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, come on. Look, like you said, I, I think the big issue with this is that's uh, I'll be honest, I think I don't think I've. Uh, there are some of these movies I haven't seen that were on this, like per, like uh, I don't want to like spoil it, but like there's a movie called Mad God. I've never seen that movie. So, like, I really didn't have any idea of what to expect for some of these. So I will give a small disclaimer for that. 
Um, that some of these movies I haven't seen. Um, but well, I beyond... can't do that because the majority of these movies I feel like I've seen. I just feel like I, I'm too sentimental with my picks. I do that with everything though. I've always done that with tournament picks. I, I, I pick sentiment, you know, with my heart. Right. And sometimes it's not the, it's not the logical pick. So <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. It sure does, and I, that's just the way I am. So really quick, let's let's scroll through some of these winners here. I mean, the, the, I, I don't feel like there's a lot of errors per se. Like no. you said, there's a couple of movies. That I don't know, but uh, uh, let's go through the list here. Best stunt choreography was Prey. I mean, yeah, you can make that argument, but again, my pick was was Scream uh, for Toto 2. I just felt like the stunt work of that was really good, but I mean, you can't argue against Prey. I mean, it was a good movie. It was a solid movie. had solid stunt work. Uh, best digital effects was Nope. Again, you can't argue against that, right? People, I, I like Nope. Don't get me wrong, but, but Nope was cleaning some house here in these awards. And uh, best practical effects was Mad God. Now, this is one that really kind of stuck in my crawl a little bit. <laughs> I, again, I've not seen, like you, I've not seen Mad God, so I can't judge. But I was really, really, really felt best practical effects should have went to Terrifier 2. I felt like Terrifier 2 had the best practical effects of 2022. I mean, come on. It's a it's a slasher, gory movie that was all practical effects. Right. And I just felt like they deserved it. They did it on a, a tight budget, but so be it. Because of the next two awards, Terrifier 2 is taken home because best kill was Allie. And Terrifier 2, and the best villain was Art the Clown. Those are the two I got right. <laughs> and <laughs> and I feel like that's you know that's dead on right there. I, I just feel like you can't go wrong with those. Best director, Jordan Peele for Nope. Again, I can't argue that, per se. Uh, best supporting actor, Rory Kinnear for Men. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. I get it. But it's not what my pick. I picked Justin Long for Barbarian because I thought Justin I Long too. was great <laughs> in that supporting role. Uh, best lead actor was Mia Goth and Pearl. Again, I can't argue that. I love Mia Goth. Uh, I don't believe, you know, it wasn't what I picked, but I can't argue it because she's she's great. And uh, the the fan favorite film was we didn't vote on that, but it was a it was a voting thing, and it was Nope. Uh, the best me- remake or sequel was Pearl. Uh, again, like that one, I picked sentimentally. I picked for Terrifier two just because I love that movie so much. Same. <laughs> and the best original film went to Nope. Uh, which again, I, I I I you know I didn't pick it, but I can't argue it because Nope was a great film. Again, I feel like I'm beating the dead horse here, but we always talk. You know what? You could talk all this. the real winners was us as fans before how good 2022 was and oh, yeah. and the amount of films. I mean, that the best original film went to Nope. It wasn't what I would have picked as best original film. It was not we picked. Let's let's recap real quick. We picked our top 22 our 2022 top five as uh, at five Barbarian, four Scream, three Deadstream, two X and one Terrifier 2. So we didn't even have Nope in our top five, but we did mention it. And it can be argued that I, you know, nope, could have been in that top five, and I would have been comfortable. I would have been okay with that. Oh yeah. It was 2022 was such a phenomenal year for movies, for horror movies. 2023 is shaping up to be just the same, if not better. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. The, this, the Dead Meat Horror Awards was a fun, a fun watch. It was highly entertaining, great production value, great guest uh, presenters. Like, um, what do you think of the horror awards? I really liked it. Um. It was definitely one of those things that I had on kind of uh, in the background while I was uh, doing some work, but it, it was definitely it caught my attention so much because, I mean, so many cool people were on there. Um, obviously, just to name a couple, um, you had Mick Foley. Mick Foley is great. Love Mick yeah. Foley, obviously. Um, but also, you know, oh, oh gosh, what is his name? The makeup artist. Oh, my gosh. I'm completely forgetting his name. Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini, yes. Whew. Yeah. Tom Savini's on there. I mean, come on. Howie Matthew Mandel. Lillard. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. It was, I mean, um, it was great. I mean, it was a who's who. I mean, Mike Flanagan. It was a who's who 
of of people. Um, you know, when I when I heard this coming, right, I, I I saw this right, I saw it all over Twitter. I went and looked, I thought, God, these these people have got a ton. I mean, a ton of YouTube followers. So I thought, okay, they're legit, right? Right. They're 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 doing some quality stuff or else they would not be. I mean, I'm not talking. These are next level subscription numbers. So, I thought, OK, this will be fun, right? Let's watch this. I didn't expect what I expected. It really it blew my mind. It was phenomenal. Uh, it was you know, I know you know, we have coming up will be the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Those those are great as well. Uh, but it's so fun to watch an award show that is that is just targeted at the horror genre and the movies that we love. Um, because I, I'm not a big horror uh, award show guy because I don't I don't feel represented in those award shows. Oh. The, the, the awards that win, the, the movies that win are not not the movies that I would pick. And that's not I'm not knocking any of them per se. It's a matter of taste. But I'm not going to watch a three or four hour award show to see a half an hour of relevant material for me. And and but this one was an hour and a half or whatever it was. And from start to finish, it, it had me. And it was it was playing right to to my tastes, and and it was it was a blast. I, I fully fully loved it. Again, I highly advise everybody to go out to YouTube.com, look up Dead Meat. It's YouTube.com/slash/deadmeat. Subscribe to them. They have a lot of great videos out there. Uh, but they they've had some problems because of you know YouTube and the weird shit that, they, that it does of being able to. Uh, it's not coming up on suggested because they, they used a lot of clips from movies and stuff in it. So they're they're they've got to you know go by word of mouth. So go out there and watch these awards. Uh, even in retrospect, if you're not seeing them, I, I highly suggest you go watch them. They're a, they're a fun watch, and uh, it was an hour and a half, and it it just flew by. It was just so fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So what uh, you know, what else is fun, Ike? Is we play top three. So let's dive right into it. Top three. <laughs> All right, and we're gonna play top three, and we're we're diving full force into now our child's play theme for this episode. Uh, so thank you for sticking with us. If you've came for, if you've come for the child's play, uh, the Chucky material, here we are. We're here now. From here on out, it's all child's play. It's all Chucky. It's all violent gingers from here on out. <laughs> and in our top three, we have our top three favorite non-Chucky child's play characters. Now this is out of, I will, I will say this. Talking about this, and I, I, I didn't, I don't have any characters from this. But when we do our rankings, there we did not include the TV series because mm-hmm. we were only talking. Movies. Now, we could have included a character in this if we wanted uh, in, in the characters. I didn't. But uh, I love the TV series. I'm not knocking the TV series, whatever. But it's we were purely talking uh, movie. Uh, so, Ike, do you have your top three favorite non-Chucky Child's Play characters? I absolutely do. All right. Well, let's say I'm going to dive in. I'm going to start first because my number three might be a little oddball one. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's uh, kind of because this guy. I don't know what it was. I really, really enjoyed him. I really thought he was great. It is from the original Child's Play in 1988. It is Detective Mike Norris. Now, I know that sounds weird because it's, you know, it's like a, a character that was in one movie and and didn't, you know, never reoccurred or whatever else. But I felt in that original movie, the, the, the detective really kind of rooted the thing. I thought he was really believable in this, right? Because he he didn't believe the stories of this killer doll. But yet he was sympathetic enough to them to not just say, oh, you're full of shit. Right. Yeah. He was he was he was you know sympathetic to them. He was he was caring. And when push came to shove, he was like, ah, regardless of anything else, I have to protect this woman and her child. So I got to go. And then when, you know, reality set and he saw it for himself, he believed. Um, I just thought it was really well acted. I thought it was a uh, I don't know. There was something about it that just really kind of captivated me as one of the uh, I don't know, one of the stronger character non-Chucky characters. 
in the original Child's Play. I, I'm, I again, I, I feel like it's an oddball pick. I, I'm almost guarantee it's probably not in your top three. But what do you think of the detective uh, from the original Child's Play from 1988? No, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's not in my top three. Uh, <laughs> I, I give him credit, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously with Child's Play, Child's Play, in my opinion. Um, created some very interesting characters and some very interesting dynamics that you really didn't see in horror movies. Um, Typically in horror movies, when you look at a police or a detective character, that character is there to drive suspicion, right? That character is there to drive suspicion. It's there to drive a divide in between you and your understanding of the primary character. In this case, the detective took on a completely different role. It was a more, like you said, sympathetic role. So I do see how that character could stick out to somebody because it was a very distinctly different representation of law enforcement than pretty much any horror movie that I've ever seen. So absolutely love it. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, he kind of sets everything in motion, right? Because he 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 kills Charles Lee <laughs> and, and, you know, in the opening. So, I mean, you know, he's very invested in this and what becomes, and, and you know, the eventual coming of Chucky. So, Ike, that brings us on. What is your number three favorite non-Chucky Child's Play character? So, I will say this. My number one is probably going to be unexpected, but my number three is Tiffany. I love Jennifer Tilly. Um, I think she's hilarious. Um, she's one of the only good things about Seed of Chucky and Bride uh, yeah. of Chucky, in my opinion. Um, she's definitely one of those characters that, it, it, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of divisive because I hear from a lot of people, oh, I think the character is annoying or I think the character is pointless. But I genuinely think that Jennifer Tilly is one of the more like like relatable characters in the show, in this series, just because she's kind of in this weird like like borderline like abusive relationship. Right. With Chucky. Um, and, and there's like sort of like this weird understanding that you kind of come to with t- Tiffany that she's kind of troubled. But, you know, this is just who she is type thing. But uh, absolutely. I think Tiffany's a great character. It's an interesting character. I think Jennifer Tilly's hilarious. Um, and I think that's one of the, again, the few redeeming factors of some of the latter uh, child's play movies. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, I Tiffany will come back up on my list, so I'm not going to say a whole lot right now. I'll save it for when she comes up on my list. So. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to our number twos. My number two is what I feel to be the one of the best characters, uh, like you mentioned, of the later movies. I, I feel like she really, I'm going to say saved the later movies, some of the newer movies. Uh, and that is Nika Pierce from Curse of, uh, first, I, I like her in Curse of Chucky from 2019. Uh, she was absolutely phenomenal. Her acting was spot on. And um, when I did my rewatch, I it hit me how much I really enjoyed Curse of Chucky when I didn't realize that I did. I, I always just kind of blew off the the later movies, right? Thought ah whatever. And um, but I mean Fiona Dorf in this one is it was phenomenal. And I loved her in Curse of Chucky. Yeah, Cult of Chucky, she was okay. I don't like the movie as well uh, at all. But I will say this in Cult of Chucky, she plays her dad. At Brad Dorf, which, you know, Charles Lee or Chucky, you know, inhabits her body. And my gosh, she knocks it out of the park because when she does that transformation in, in that and then even later in the Chucky TV series, you see some of it. You think that that she is her dad. Now, it doesn't hurt that she looks a lot like her father. Uh, but right. uh, 
but I just feel like, man, and Curse of Chucky, she was great, right? She was she was in the wheelchair. She was a a sympathetic character. She had the the sister who was kind of bitchy and, and whatever else that thought she knew better for her things. And just the stuff going, I I man, I just thought she did a phenomenal job of of acting in that role. And um, I, I really enjoyed her character. I really really did. Uh, in her whole body of work, from Curse, uh, even in Colt. Again, I don't like Colt as much as a movie, but I liked her in it. And and then her work, what she did in the Chucky TV series, I thought was great as well. Uh, I, I'm really I become a fan of her as an actress uh, through this playing this character. Uh, so, Ike, I, what do you think of this character? Um, so she actually appears on my list. So I won't say much, but she'll appear here in a moment. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. And let's move on. What is your number two favorite non-Chucky Child's Play character? Um, so it's probably stereotypical, but I had to say Andy Barkley. Um, Andy Barkley, in my opinion, is one of the best representations of a child actor in a horror movie. Um, I, I remember watching the documentary, and the documentary, which we'll talk about later, honestly reinforced my love of Andy Barclay and his character and the guy who represents him, Alex Benson. Andy Barclay is obviously the main per- protagonist of essentially all the Child's Play movies in some way, shape, or form, uh, one through three directly. But I feel like his impact is still felt in other f- films. Um, Alex Benson, of course, didn't uh, reprise the role of Andy in all of the films. Uh, because they got somebody else to play him in three because he wasn't old enough to play that character. So that's whatever. Um, But Alex Vincent, Andy Barclay, very good character. Again, a probably one of the best depictions of a child within a horror film. Like imagine how confusing and terrifying it would be as a child to have a doll that wants to kill you, right? This doll is supposed to be your friend. It's supposed to be your protector, but this doll basically wants to murder you and your family. And he's able to show that he understands that as a child and he's terrified. And there's a scene in one of the movies where he's crying and he actually has to cry. And like, oh my God, it's heartbreaking. You you forget, like sometimes you watch these movies and you forget that's a kid. That's a kid acting as a kid. And like, it's heartbreaking because you're like, wow, that that's probably like what a kid would actually do in this scenario. And it's like, that makes me, that kind of drives that, that love I have for Alex because he's such a great actor. And I think, like I said, one of the best child actors, I would say in any horror film series, um, you know, maybe outside of some of the, some of the great, uh, children, the corn acting. I'm my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have, I, I didn't have him on my list. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I almost felt like, in my view, he was almost above the list because he was he was great. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I enjoyed him in the first two. I mean, there there was a I don't know. I, th- I feel like there's a couple little weak points, maybe. But taking the context, his age and what he's doing. OK, you got to give a little bit of leeway here there. But overall, spectacular. Now, the as far as the character of Andy goes, I didn't enjoy him in the third one at all. I didn't like right. as much. I didn't like that character, that actor as much, whatever else. But then when they brought him back in the later movies, again, when you go to Colt or whatever else, I'm not a huge fan of the movie overall, but I like his part in it. I like him. Um, you're right. Alex does a great job. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a great character, right? It's it's the lead the lead kid in it. And um, he, he does a great job. I, I like that how much he has embraced the franchise and does his appearances and, and loves it and is appreciative of it. I love hearing the stories, in the like in the documentary and some other things. Of, of how close he got to the, the the lady that played his mom in the first movie and the one that played Kyle in the second movie, how they, they really became friends and how they really, you know, 
felt like a family because they really looked over, looked out for him and stuff. And uh, and you hear when you talk hear about him as an actor, you hear nothing uh, but but good stuff. You hear about how intelligent he is, how how mature he has always been for his age, how good an actor he's always been for his age. And I don't, I mean, as you know, advanced for his age. And uh, yeah, so yeah, Andy's a great character. Uh, and uh, I mean, you know, the franchise wouldn't be if it wasn't for him, you know, and, and you know, centered around him. But uh, again, I didn't put him on my list just because I don't know. I, I it's almost like I felt like ah oh, that's the obvious overall shoe in for me uh, because I mean in my mind you know when I hear Child's Play I, I Chucky and Andy go hand in hand right, right. they're 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 simpatico there so uh, which brings me to my number one uh, Tiffany Valentine uh, particularly I, I really particularly like I mean again I love Jennifer Tilly I love her so much she is so spectacular and I feel like I mean, I really feel like Jennifer Tilly has almost, almost become as much a face for the Child's Place franchise as Chucky is. I mean, you—that's what people envision. She's, she, she comes back in movies. She comes back in the series, and she loves it. She loves the character. She loves what she gets to do. She has really gotten to show her range because she plays different these different characters, right? She plays Tiffany Valentine. She plays Tiffany Valentine as a doll. She plays herself, and, and and it's really just this. It's wild at uh, the subtle differences she does to differentiate these, and uh, and hands down some of these movies. Jennifer Tilly is, is is the saving grace. She is the the one that really uh, gives the majority of the entertainment value for me. Um, I I overall Bride of Chucky's okay to me, but you take away Jennifer Tilly, and it's it's <laughs> not. It, it really isn't. Right. I mean, to me, she's the best part of the movie, hands down. So she is my number one. Uh, love Jennifer Tilly. She's, a, I mean, to me, a horror icon, and it's so spectacular. Which, you know, knowing what you said earlier, I guess and I know who your number one is, Ike, but tell us your number one favorite non-Chucky Child's Play character. Absolutely. Like you said, I'm sure everybody can essentially guess who it is, but it is Nika. Um, here, here's the deal. I, I as much as the as much as I love all the child play movies, as much as I love Andy Barkley, as much as I love all of these different characters and all these different representations, when I watch the cult of Chucky and the curse of Chucky, um, which curses first, yeah, curses first yeah. and then cult. Cult, like you said, not as good of a movie, but Curse of Chucky, in my opinion, is probably one of the best child's play movies overall now when i say that i mean this by when you look at it objectively and in terms of relevance and in terms of how it is seen just generally from all generations i'm pretty sure anybody who enjoys horror movies who anybody who enjoys child's play can pick up curse of checky and then probably enjoy it this film is very unique it's very different from the other movies because the other movies are these very broad scope movies that are happening in cities or happening in larger areas. You know what I mean? Each of the other movies are are very broad movies. This movie became very, very, very narrow, very quickly. And it's something I think the child's play should have done previously. Now I've talked about the movie a lot. Nika specifically, the character Nika played by Fiona Dorf, which I didn't know was actually, uh, related to Brad Dorf. I, I didn't know her actual name until very recently, funnily, funnily enough. Um, 
And so knowing what I know now and knowing what I knew then, she is a fantastic representation of a, you know, of a victim in this film, you know, but she still fights, you know, she has all these issues, you know, she has the family issues, but she's still fighting, right? She has this weird like doll, right? It's just, it's a very interesting like dynamic that she creates in this movie. And Fiona Dorf does a fantastic job of doing that. And, And watching the documentary too, I grew to love her just a little bit more because yeah. she's hilarious. Yeah, she's um, so cool. And her seeing her interact with her dad and like seeing how similar they are because you're right, you know, you see in uh, Colt how like well she acts as him, but also in the Child's Play TV series, you know, she has her parts in that as well, which are very interesting as well. So just overall, such a good movie, such a good representation of a character, such an interesting character. Um, I, I love it. It is, but essentially, when you get to curse and cult, I mean, she's the new Andy, right? She is exactly. Um, she she has, I mean, she is right. She's the the target of Chucky. Not only that, but it's just the the backstory. It's just great. And, and I'm not going to get into that because we're gonna we'll talk about that more when we count down the movies. Uh, but I because I'm I'm really excited to talk about Curse because again, uh, I I forgot. I don't know. It was one of those movies that when I rewatched it. I'm like, man, I really enjoy this movie. And it didn't I, I guess it didn't hit me how much I enjoyed that movie till I did the rewatch for this episode. So, uh, yeah, great character, great actress, uh, one of the true iconic characters from this series. Uh, great, great, great. So yes. uh, let's 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 take a break. And uh, as we said, when we come back, we're going to do it. We're going to count down all eight, all eight of the Child's Play movies as our favorite from our favorites from eight to one. So stick around. Remember. In the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Okay, and we're back here on Listen to Their Screams. Uh, this is our, our discussion of the Child's Play franchise, and we're now going to count down from eight to one uh, our favorites of the Child's Play movies. Uh, this is all the movies plus the reboot movie that came out. Um, in 2019 so let's dive right into it i'm going to kick it off with our number eight uh, and it is from 2004 seed of chucky it was directed by don mancini the screenplay was by don mancini based on characters by don mancini <laughs> it was starring jennifer tilly Redman, john waters and brad dorf it takes place six years after bride of chucky and follows a young doll named glenn the son of chucky and tiffany resurrecting his parents and causing chaos it was produced on a budget of 12 million, grossed 24 million in the box office. It was produced by David Kirshner Productions, distributed by Rogue Pictures, and written as a horror comedy. And that right there is probably one of my biggest issues. Child's Play has always had a touch of comedy. I felt like Cedar Chucky leaned too much into the comedy. Yeah. It was just a bit much for me. Um, I, I will say that I, I didn't have a, a problem with the character of Glenn per se. And, and, and bringing that in, that was fine. I was okay with that, uh, you know, whatever. But I just felt like Seed of Chucky was it, it was a little too comedic, a little not enough horror yeah. uh, for me. And comparatively speaking, I just I didn't enjoy Seed of Chucky nearly as much as any of the other movies. Uh, and that's why I feel like it is. Uh, I mean, it's the number eight of the series. Like, what do you think of Seed? Here's the deal. Um, I want to make this very clear first and foremost. I wish that I liked this movie because this movie has a lot of great representation. It does. And, yes. And representation matters. Yes. But I can't, 
I cannot fathom a world where this movie is good because the movie, it just, it just isn't. I, 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 I hate to say it. And I'm honestly, I'm glad that they brought um, Glenn slash Glenda into the uh, show. So I'm very glad that they brought them into this uh, slight spoiler, I guess. So I'm glad that they have, uh, you know, molded them into the show uh, because I feel like the representation of the show is a lot better. Um, But I just simply feel like the seat of Chucky was an attempt, and, and I will say a failed attempt, at trying to continue to proliferate the concept of the Child's Play franchise. And I think, Dave, you really hit it on the head. They leaned way too heavily into the comedy, way too heavily, because it's one thing to be funny, it's one, but it's a whole other thing to be stupid. And I think this film broached the category of stupid very quickly, and that's my primary issue with it. Um if nothing else, the movie had its moments. Um, it had a few pretty interesting kills, um, like when they uh, decapitate that guy in the in the body room, and Jennifer Tilly's character picks up the decapitated head, thinking it's like the mold of another head. Yeah, which by um, the way is one of the actual uh, the actual uh, whatever you want to call it effects people that did it. Yeah. And we'll talk about it later in the uh, documentary. But uh, the 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 girl that made the documentary, that's her father. Yep. That is uh, so, you know, again, I didn't I didn't grasp that when I first watched Cena. I had no idea until I watched the documentary. That was interesting. I, so I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, Cena has a few points. Right. I mean, I love right. seeing John Waters in it. That was fun. I uh, seeing him <laughs> get to do it because I enjoy John Waters, you know. And again, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the, the Glenn Glenda character. And uh, I just I don't feel like the movie was scary. I don't feel like it had uh, enough tension, enough, you know, of, of those scare factors. The horror factors, it, it was too much of the comedy factors. And that just kind of, I don't know, as, as as far as this goes, it kind of killed it for me. Yeah, I would I would unfortunately have to agree. So let's move on then. Our number seven favorite of the Child's Play movies. I Go ahead with that one. Absolutely. Um, so I will I will put this this up with a slight bit of contest. But <laughs> our number <laughs> seven is Child's Play 3 from 1991. This is, of course, directed by Jack Bender, screenplay by Don Mancini, based on characters by Don Mancini. Um, just in case you didn't know, Don Mancini is a pretty uh, pretty important figure here. Uh, <laughs> but this is starring Justin Whalen, Perry Reeves, Brad Dorff, of course. Takes place eight years after Child's Play 2. A splash of blood from Chucky's corpse is inadvertently mixed in with the plastic being used to produce dolls, reviving him in a new body. Budget for $13 million, box office of $20 million, produced and distributed by Universal. So here's the deal. There is a very glaring issue with Child's Play 3. Child's Play 3 came rolling in hot after Child's Play 1 and 2. And because of the quick turnaround and because they wanted to age up Andy, they, of course, did not get the original actor to come back and play him. We kind of mentioned this already. And I have a feeling that that's part of the reason why Dave doesn't like this movie. Now, here's the deal. I don't hate this movie. I would even say that this movie is probably would be a little higher up on my personal list. Um, but when we make these lists, we have to take into consideration both of our like thoughts on these movies. Um, so we kind of mixture in our movies to kind of get them to fit. This was one that I lost on, but I do see why somebody <laughs> would not like this. I do see why somebody wouldn't like this. Truthfully, I will say, uh, in my opinion, this movie does have a great death of Chucky. 
it also has a very interesting concept happening with military school, right? Like Andy's been essentially orphaned because, you know, of everything that's happened. His mom went crazy um, and everything else. So it is an interesting like story, but I 100% see why somebody doesn't like this movie because they got, they didn't bring back Alex Vincent and the movie has a few glaring flaws, but I will let Dave take it from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the military school aspect I'm fine with, right? I, because right. Uh, it, it it fits in, you know, it's kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth, Tommy going to a kind of a boy, or, you know, a child's home. I get it, right? There's this this kid who who has these what they're the labeling as, as as a mental condition, which is not really a mental condition, right? It's the things he's saying are really happening, but people <laughs> think there's issues there, right? Even to the point where they suspect he's done some of these things. I get it, right? And he goes to military school. I get all that. I just, I don't know. It's so campy to me. There's so the humor falls flat. The guy, the barber guy, kept, I don't know. It's just all whatever. The, the the one kid, the youngest kid, that's Chucky. I just don't. I feel like I don't feel like he did a great job. Yeah. I just, I don't know. This movie falls way flat with me. Now you know it's there are some parts, right? The the drill sergeant, and again, there are some things in this that I don't to me don't age real well either. The drill sergeant guy and some of the things he says and I don't know, it just it, it kind of makes you a little a little bit, not not as much as a lot of movies, but <laughs> make you cringe a little. I don't know. It's just I, I just don't I just don't enjoy this movie. I never have enjoyed this movie. And uh, I mean, you know, this might be a spoiler. I, I enjoy the first two so much that I just think this one is just like, holy crap, what have they done? It, it just really fell apart. And and again, I understand the concept of why you switch the actor, right? If you're going to age up, you have to, but, um, it didn't work, right? It just did not work. I don't, no offense. I just don't feel like the casting was that great. Uh, and it it didn't work for me. And, uh, I, I think all the momentum that they had out of one and two, it was completely deflated, uh, in three. And I, I just, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I, I will add one thing too. Part of the reason why I like this movie a lot is because this was actually the first child's play movie I ever saw. So ah, I, I didn't nostalgia. watch. Yeah, it's a little bit of nostalgia <laughs> for me. I, I will because we were talking about it earlier. We, yeah, you sometimes you think with your heart. The heart wants what it wants. Yeah. And the heart wants a shitty '90s movie <laughs> <laughs> about a killer doll. Yeah. Um. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you said. There were some real, some real shudders in this movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> but man, it's got so much nostalgia for me. So I, it's one of my favorite rewatches of the series. I will say, but. Totally get where anybody else would come from, for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, let's move on then to our number six favorite in the Child's Play franchise. It is from 2017, Cult of Chucky, directed by Don Mancini, screenplay by Don Mancini, based on characters by, yes, Don Mancini. What? As, uh, star, uh, what? Starring Jennifer Tilly, uh, Fiona Dorf, and Brad Dorf. Chucky returns to terrorize his human victim, Nika. Meanwhile, the killer doll has some scores to settle with his old enemies with the help of his former wife. A budget of $5 million at no box office because this had no theatrical release. Straight to DVD. DVD sales were $2.3 million. Uh, produced by Universal 1440 Entertainment. Distributed by Universal Studios Home Entertainment. And a direct-to-video release of the series. Uh, this was the second of the series. We'll talk about the other in a bit. And uh, again... This movie, man, I don't know. I just feel like to me, it's it's a it's a little much. Yeah. Um, while it's clever to try the the multiple Chuckies, the multiple 
you know, inhabiting multiple people, multiple this and that, taking it into the, the uh, you know, with the, all the people with the mental conditions. And I, I don't know. They, they, I feel like they, they, they really, they tried, they, they swung for the fences and I just don't feel like it, it, it landed for me. Um, Fiona Dorf as Nika was what saved this movie for me. If yeah. it wasn't for her, this probably would have been dead last. I just, I, I don't really enjoy the movie besides her. Once again, she's spectacular. And, and when she gets to the parts where she plays Charles Lee, where she plays the character that her dad created or played in the original, that to me is just masterful. She, I mean, she looks like her dad. You think it is truly her inhabited by this character that her dad played. It is so good. The mannerisms, the look on her face, the, 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 the qualities of her speech. She's perfect when she does it. And it's so great. Uh, the ending I like, right, with her and, and Jennifer Tilly and all that, and that part's good. Everything leading up to it, I'm like, eh, it just didn't it didn't hit for me. Right. And uh, I, 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 like I said, I enjoy Curse of Chucky a lot, and this one coming out of it, I was like, man, I, I feel like they they lost the they lost the plot here. They lost the, uh, I don't know. I did I didn't enjoy this movie at all. Uh, and the, like I said, her and the the end of the movie is really all that saved it at all for me. Uh, otherwise, this I I don't know this. We'd be talking about this with Cedar Chucky for me. Um, otherwise, so what do you think of this, like? Absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I haven't watched these in a little bit. Culture Chucky. Um, we also got to see the return of Andy Barkley, played by Alex Vincent. Um, yeah, in a post screen, post scene credit, which again is a another saving grace. Of this thing, it's a where the doll. It's essentially Jennifer Tilly's character, you know, Tiffany. Is, is sending the doll right to different places. And that's who she sends it to at the end of the movie. She sends it. Gotcha. The, the end of the movie is you don't know who she's sending it to per se, but then there's a credit scene where it, it goes to Andy. But Andy is ready, right? And, uh, and, uh, that, and that leads into, no, 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 excuse me. Back the train up. I am completely 100% wrong. The post-scene credits in curse. Yeah, Andy's okay. in this movie. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, no, yes, you're right. He is in this movie because he has the Chucky head. Yeah, because he's he is. lighting it on fire, right? Yes, 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 yes. I am so sorry. I've completely. You can see how much I pay attention to this movie. <laughs> and you correct. He is a. Uh, he is essentially torturing the Chucky head. Sees the news story about what happened um, at the hospital where uh, where Nika is. Says what the hell. Goes there, can't get in. Does something to get himself admitted potato without go on and blah 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 that's what happens you're right he is in this movie uh he's reintroduced in curse of chuckley chucky in a purse credit scene but he is fully in this movie and if i remember correctly this also um we see uh kyle again christina elise in this movie if i remember correct correctly. she is the post credit scene in this movie which yeah. absolutely leads to nothing else after uh but yes she shows up <laughs> uh leads you to believe she's obviously still in communication with Andy, but which we know that because in the post credit scene before Andy still got a picture of her, blah, blah, blah. But yes, yeah, she, she shows up uh, where Chucky's head is and says, Oh, Andy sent me and whatever else. So, uh, but this, that's the post credit scene in this where Kyle, gotcha. writes, but it, it goes nowhere because there's no follow up to this movie. Right. So I was just making sure I was on the same page. So yeah. So yes. curse. Good. Colt, not so good. Because like you said, Col Curse was kind of like the prelude to Colt, obviously. They, they're they interconnected movies. So you have what I would say was a pretty high note with 
curse. And then Colt kind of came around and it's sort of a, a, a little bit of a fizzle. Uh, obviously, Nika's character is fantastic. Obviously, getting to see Andy Barkley was great. I mean, getting to see all these different characters kind of come together and it was well, you know, well casted for the most part. Um, you know, some pretty innovative kills, some, you know, some questioning of what's real, what's not, because it happens in an insane asylum type deal. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely it, it checks off a lot of boxes, but doesn't really check them off that well. <laughs> no, I just um, don't feel like the story is that strong here. Exactly. I feel like had the story been a little bit more thorough and maybe a little bit more payout, um, because I think the big thing, too, is that there was no follow up to this until the Child's Play uh, series, which, again, is great. But yeah. I, I definitely feel like they were trying to lead into another movie and then they just couldn't do it or something. I don't know. But absolutely. Colt Chucky, I don't hate it. But again, it's not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think there was a follow up, but it led to a different path, which brings us actually to our number five favorite of the child's play series i go ahead with that one absolutely we have 2019 child's play the remake the reboot not a requel but a remake <laughs> so this is directed by lars Klevberg, screenplay by tyler burton smith and you guessed it based on characters by dan mancini um so basically this is starring aubrey plaza mark hamill brian tyree henry it is after moving to a new city, young Andy Barkley uh, receives a special present from his mother, a seemingly innocent buddy doll that becomes his best friend. When the doll suddenly takes a life of its own, Andy unites with other child, pardon me, neighborhood children to stop the sinister toy from wreaking havoc. Uh, budget is $10 million, turned around with $45 minute, million in box office, produced by Orion Pictures and Cat Smith Productions, and distributed by United you pardon me united artists releasing elevation productions and this is the first film to not have brad dwarf as the voice of chucky mark hamill voiced chucky and also voiced chucky on an episode of robot chicken um it says dave's main squeeze jensen ackles <laughs> was considered for the voice of chucky i did not know ah, what could have been <laughs> so uh also this film has several calls to et which i guess makes sense so the child's play reboot a lot of times when you talk about movies, you talk about how much you don't like the remake or the reboot. Now, as you all know, your boy Ike, he he, he fucks with reboots. <laughs> and, I, and I and I mean, those are some of the that's my bread and butter right there. Yeah, you're 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 a bit of a reboot slut, aren't you? <laughs> I, I really am. You give me a, you give me a pretty solid reboot. I'm on board. I love the Nightmare reboot. I love the Friday 13th reboot. I love them. You know what I mean? And I love the Child's Play reboot. I love Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza was a perfect choice for this. Um, I, I think that I, I'm a little remiss because Brad Dorff is the voice of Chucky. So I am a little remiss that he didn't play that. And I would probably go as far to say that as much as I love Mark Hamill, I would have preferred uh, <laughs> I would have preferred Brad Dorff. But in any case, the movie was great. It has a very new age sense to it. It definitely brings Chucky into the 21st century. Um, This movie had a lot of great kills, uh, had a lot of great material. It was still a little comedic, you know, still brought that Chucky sense to it. 
Um, and overall, I would say that if you compare this to any of the other movies, it stands up on its own for sure. Obviously, this is a completely separate entity than any of the other Child's Play movies. There is literally no connection to anything. Um, it's just its own thing. I have heard whisperings that they thought about making more movies, but obviously there's you know not been any confirmation to that. But what what do you think about it, Dave? Well, you discussed earlier that you know we have to come up with a consensus, so there's some you know some give and take. This is one that I had to give on. I don't like the remake. <laughs> um, while you might be a slut for the remakes, I, I you know I'm a whore for the originals, and um, I don't know. I, again, I love Aubrey Plaza. Don't I? I she's phenomenal. Uh, and she does well in this, right? The kid does well. The, the, the acting's great, but it makes me uncomfortable how much they've changed uh, some of the storyline, right? And there's no Charles Lee and, and everything else. I get the story works, right? I mean, this is like Megan before Megan to me. And, um, <laughs> and, and it, it's fine, but as a child's play, I don't know. It makes me, it makes my skin itch because it just doesn't feel right. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy it. I thought the doll looked weird. Uh, not nearly, maybe it's just because I'm used to what, you know, Chucky looks like. And, uh, and this, I don't know. It just looked weird to me. And I know it's supposed to look weird, right? There's supposed to be that touch of the cabbage patch kid ugliness. It's, you know, it's supposed to be so ugly. It's cute. I get that, but it, it didn't set right with me. Um, it's an okay movie, right? And, And it's, it's, it's cast. The cast is great and it's acted. Okay. But as a child's play movie, I just don't I don't enjoy it because if I put we talked last episode about our favorite remakes. And if I put this next to the original, ah, man, that's no contest in my eye. And it's so <laughs> and it's just so therefore it just I, I don't know because of that. I, I can't put that on the mind to enjoy it you know, on, on a high level. Uh, and it's nothing against the movie per se itself. That it just I don't I don't like it because uh, how much I like the original. So it's just fighting the losing battle, and that's just the way it is. So, but uh, but that but uh, just just what it is. So, if we move on to number four of our favorite child's play movies, it is from 1998, Bride of Chucky, uh, directed by Ronnie Yu, screenplay by Don Mancini, based on characters by Don Mancini, uh, starring Jennifer Tilly, John Ritter, Nick Stable, Catherine Heigl, and Brad Dorf. It takes place one month after Child's Play three. The plot departs from the Andy Barclay story. Of the first three films, focusing mainly on series villain Chucky, a doll possessed by a serial killer, and his former lover and accomplice Tiffany, whose soul was also transferred into a doll. Uh, it was produced on a budget of $25 million, uh, scored $50 million at the box office, produced by David Kersher Productions, distributed by Universal Pictures, and obviously is a horror comedy. I feel like Bride of Chucky has a little better balance of the horror comedy than Seed of Chucky. Uh, again, I think... It's not, to, I don't know, to me, it's still not a great, what I would call a great movie. Jennifer Tilly, spectacular. She she makes this movie for me. She she carries this movie for me. Um, but I, I love John Ritter. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of John Ritter and, and what he you know, how he was as an actor. thought he was great as the police chief in this. I'm not a fan of Katherine Heigl. I just never really enjoyed a Katherine Heigl, but she's okay in this. Um it does okay for the role. This is, I think, before she got too snooty and conceited for my taste. Uh, so she's okay. Uh, but the, you know, the story's okay. I get it, right? You know, I, um, it, it's not bad. Um, expanding the characters. I, I, I like the introduction of the Tiffany character, right? I think it, it's maybe it's just gotten to the point where you think Chucky and Tiffany just hand in hand so much that it doesn't, you know, 
I'm okay with it. Uh, maybe it's the, the Jennifer Tilly aspect of it that makes it okay. Uh, but again, it's all right, right? It's an all right movie. It's a, to me, it's an all right script that is brought up a level by Jennifer Tilly. And, um, you know, her, to me, her comedic parts are okay. They, they're, they're not hokey. They're not forced. They're, they're actually funny. I like all the nods to Frankenstein that are in this movie. Uh, you know, her stitching and piecing the, the doll back together, her mm-hmm. watching Bride of Frankenstein while in the bath. Um, I like those nods, uh, you know, the soft spot in my heart for the universal monsters loves that. Um, you know, and, and I think when you put it coming on the heels of child's play three to me, um, I like it that much more because I didn't <laughs> really care for child's play three. So I think this is a step, at least a step up from that. So, uh, but like, what do you think of bride of Chucky? Absolutely. I, I think bride of checking is the perfect, mixture of humor and horror i think that had seed of chucky taken a page out of bride of chucky's book we would have had a palatable movie however we do have bride of chucky bride of chucky in my opinion it it falls into sort of that um, late 90s early 2000s cheese that it works you know and, and it's a it's a good thing i will say that of course jennifer tilly being in this film does elevate it significantly but also the fact that there wasn't necessarily like this reoccurring protagonist, right? Really, they, they try and put you in the shoes that the the the, the main character here is, is Chucky and Tiffany. You know what I mean? It's mostly a movie about them trying to achieve a goal. So I, I think the, the biggest drawback of this movie, of course, was I feel like they definitely leaned heavily into horror compared to like the original three movies. Uh, you are correct, of course, that in terms of quality, there was a significant uptick from the third to this movie. So as much as I love the third movie, I can't acknowledge that this movie is, is not as good um, or that three is not as good as this movie in a lot of ways. But and, and Brian had a good soundtrack. It did. And, uh, I have to say I was man, I was sold right when you get into the, the beginning is playing Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl. And I'm like, hell yeah. Right. That the, what a perfect song. <laughs> for this movie and for the Jennifer Tilly character. Good Lord. But absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, it, again, I think the nineties really contributes to some of those great soundtracks. Yeah. We had some, we, we had some good music in the nineties, but absolutely. It, I, I think that this movie in a lot of ways was a step up and then we had a significant step down, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, no, but we are, we are to our top three. So here we are. We're yes. getting, we're getting to the nitty gritty, right? This, to me, this top three, this is what defines Child's Play for me. I love these three movies. So I dive us in with our number three favorite Child's Play movie. Absolutely. At number three, we have none other than, and we talked about how much we love it, we have Curse of Chucky, 2013. This is, of course, directed by Don Mancini, screenplay by Don Mancini, based on characters by Don Mancini, starring Jennifer Tilly, Fiona Dorf, and Brad Dorf. After her mother's mysterious death, Nika begins to suspect that the talking red-haired doll her visiting niece has been playing with may be the key to recent bloodshed and chaos. Again, budget of $5 million, no box office as there was no theatrical release, but DVD sales were at about $3.8 million. It was produced by Universal 1440 Entertainment and distributed by Universal Home Inter- sorry, Universal Studios Home Entertainment. It was a return to the horror-slasher genre and is the first direct-to-video release of the series. 
Um, so there were a couple of firsts with this movie. I, I think the big one being that this was the first non-theatrical release of any of the Child's Play movies. Right. Um, I, I think that that's very interesting that this happened in the 2000s. Um, because I feel like the late 90s, early 2000s was like really heavy with like straight to DVD movies um, where versus I feel like the 2010s, we kind of started moving away from those. But in any case, um, Curse of Chucky was a significant, I would say, milestone for the, the franchise. It was a return to what the original films were. Um, you have Fiona Dorif, who again plays Nika, who is a fantastic protagonist. And this movie gives you that sense of claustrophobia that I think that the Child's Play series needs. Um, I think that one of the biggest drawbacks of all of the Child's Play movies is that they're so spread out and so large scale that it almost makes the movie feel insignificant. So in this movie, you have this character who's confined to a house because she is in a wheelchair and she cannot physically escape the terror. And one of the most terrifying things about this movie is that this this doll, even though the doll has obvious physical limitations, it can still, in this case, realistically overpower and outrun this character. So this movie definitely, I feel like, takes it back to a more realistic path. Obviously, it's a talking murderous doll. I know it's not realistic, (laughs) but I really felt like if this were to happen, this could this is something that could legitimately happen. Um, so I think that this movie ha- took less concessions with realism and um, definitely returned to that slasher genre, which it was desperately needing for sure. I, yes, I agree. I love this movie. And um, I, I mean, in my mind, I almost had a, it's like I had to toss up whether I would, would I would put this at three or two because I really enjoy this movie. I really feel like I mean, there's a gap, right? There's nine years from C to Chucky to this. And I felt like they felt like they, they said, we need to get back to our roots, yeah. right? Because this movie, I would not define it in any way as a comedy. There's the, all the comedic stuff they pretty much just took out of it. And, and it gets back. It's 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 creepy. It's it's frightening. It is well cast. It is well acted. And I love, love, love how this movie, you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, who are these people, right? And what does this have to do with anything? And it, it, it does a great job of tying it back to what it has to do with the original movie, right? That, that Charles Lee knew this family, right? Kidnapped the mom. Um, and it was that, you know, was around and it was a family friend or a neighbor or whatever. And that literally when the police came to, to get him from kidnapping the mom, which is why the mom was having issues was the fallout of this and her husband dying. But when he fled, when the police showed up, is where the first child's play picks up, where he runs into the toy store and, and is killed by the detective. Um, it ties it all right back to it because in the original child's play, we don't know what's going on, right? We just know he's running from the police. So th- th- they had the, the the blank palette to to put a little story in there, and I love how they did that. And, and they explained that she's in the wheelchair because of Charles Lee stabbing the mom in the belly uh, and, and the stomach that caused it. Uh, all this connection back because you watch the movie and it's a great movie and it's going on and you, but you're still feeling like what, what, why, what do these characters have to tie in? You know, do they tie in or is this something separate? But it does, it all ties back to the original movie. And, um, you know, she does the research where, you know, she finds out about Andy and everything else. And she uses that kind of to, to play with Chucky's head a little bit of, 
oh, you know, Andy was the one that got away, right? You couldn't kill Andy, right. and, and, and it, it torments him. And um, and I love it. I love how they do that. It's so well acted. The whole movie's, I don't know, it's just great. Uh, I really, I love the part where they, uh, the the one girl, the one lady is kind of notices that their skin cover up on the doll and peels it away, and you see the stitching, uh, you know, coming from, you know, out of Bride, where you stitch back together. Oh, it's, it's great. I love how they put all that stuff back in and tied it all together. I think it's a great movie. I really, really enjoy this movie. Uh, again, I haven't watched it in a while, and when I rewatched it for this, I'm like, I, I've completely forgotten how much I enjoy Curse of Chucky, uh, and it's, a, I mean, it's a great, it's a great movie. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But you know what's also a great movie? Our number two movie, which I That's think right. you're about to give us. That's right, which is none other than from 1990. That number two is Child's Play Two. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, direct- Woo-hoo. Directed by John Lafayette, screenplay by Don Mancini, based on a story by Don Mancini. I wonder if he's getting royalties for how many times we say his name in this. Got to hope. It's starring Alex Vincent, uh, Jenny Aguiter, Kristen Elise, and Brad Dorff. It's set two years after the first film, and the plot follows Charles Lee Ray, better known as Chucky, continuing his pursuit for Andy Barkley, who was placed in foster care and transferring his soul into him after being resurrected. The budget is $13 million. It drew $35.8 million at the box office. Produced by Living Doll Productions, distributed by Universal uh, Pictures, this film had a tie-in novelization written by Matthew J. Costello, and it had a storyline that is used later in the series in Cult of Chucky. Um, but this, uh, and I'm, I'm uh, that that's referring, I think, to the the comeback of Kyle and yeah. the post-credit scene in Cult of Chucky. Um, again, this movie's fun, right? It just out of the, it, it feels like a, just it's a straight continuation of the first movie. It is completely, it is completely what you expect from a 1990 slasher movie. It, it, it's just fun, um, you know. It's it's it. There's a knock on the big company and commercialism, right, with the doll and wanting to get the line back out there. And you know, and Andy's in this foster home, and and, and, and I don't know. It's just I, I fully enjoy this movie. I feel like it's a really good extension and continuation of the first movie. Um, I I feel like it goes hand in hand with the first. It's it just it's it's really good. I, I you know again. Uh, Alex Vincent does a great job as a child actor and, and playing Andy. Um, and, uh, you know, Christine Elise does great as, as Kyle. It's, it's just a fun movie. And, and I fully enjoy it. I fully, you know, that Chucky, it, he comes back and and tries to fulfill what he tried to fulfill, right? He, he tries to get into Andy's body because that's that's the drive. That's the motivation. And um, it's just great. I love, I love the scene where he's in the foster home and the doll falls out of the closet. Another good guy's doll. And it, you know, it freaks him out. Right. And, and all this stuff's happening where the, some of the antiques are broke and this and that, and, and, and he's getting blamed and things are getting blamed on him, but it's, it's actually Chucky, but you know, and he tries to tell him, but of course, who's going to believe that there's a rampant, violent little doll on the run uh, that's, that's causing all these things. So, uh, but I, I really, I really love child's play too. I, again, I feel it's a, a, just a great one, two punch uh, with the first movie. Like, what do you think of the second? Absolutely. Um, in terms of you know sequels directly to the original film, uh, I think this is second to some of the better sequels out there, like Halloween Two, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, and you know, Nightmare um, on Elm Street Two. I kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you know, Halloween Two. Ha- Halloween Two is a perfect one-two punch from Halloween. Um, Child's Play One and Two. It, it's a very similar concept and dynamic. Um, it, you know, it, it definitely plays up on the trope that the sequel is an essentially an, an exact um, sequel of events, right? It happens immediately after the first movie, yeah. um, which in my opinion is the best way to do sequels, right? Make them close together, have the concept 
ready to go beforehand, make them close together. Because if you, the closer you make them together, the better production value. And, and that 100% is the case for Child's Play 2. It came out very soon after the first, like two years later. And I, I, it still carried that flame from the first movie. You had a fantastic cast. You had a fantastic villain. You had a fantastic story. Some really cool kill scenes, including the killing of Chucky, where he gets thrown into that machine with like the hot wax and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, but absolutely, the second one, it, it's... It's one of those movies where you watch it, and funnily enough, I, I had actually never seen the second Child's Play movie. I don't know how it happened, but up until last year, I had never seen the second Child's Play movie or The Seed of Chucky. I had somehow watched all of the other movies <laughs> except for those two. So you'll, you'll imagine my surprise where I'm doing my rewatch. I watched one, obviously great, two, obviously great, and I'm like, wow, that was really good. And then I get The Seed of Chucky, and I'm like, well, that, that was not worth it. But anyways, <laughs> um, Child's Play 2 fantastic and i will say one thing i wish they killed andy barkley i i i think that on one hand i think they could they could have easily killed him and taken a storyline um with the girl i i feel like instead of recasting him for the third movie which obviously they may have not known they're going to do beforehand it would have been interesting to see maybe him get killed somehow i don't know i i feel like that may have been a little too far from the 80s um or 90s i should say to kill a kid but um i feel like that could have worked better in my opinion than recasting him yeah perhaps but uh yeah they they didn't really do a lot of that back then though they didn't there was that there were the final the final girl syndrome and uh yeah you know and andy's andy's kind of that in this so which leaves us with just one, and I don't think if anybody's keeping score out there, they know what it is. Ike, tell them what our number one favorite Child's Play movie is. Absolutely. As you guys guessed, it is Seed of Chucky. No. <laughs> it no, is, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is Child's Play from 1988, directed by Tom Holland, not the Spider-Man Tom Holland. No. I, I got that confused as well. I, I doubt he was even born in 1988. <laughs> uh, probably not. But uh, screenplay uh, is by Holland, Dan Mancini, and... Uh, John Lafia, uh, and of course, based on the story of Dan Mancini, uh, I'm sorry, Don Mancini, uh, starring Dan Mancini, starring Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, and Brad Dorif. Plot follows a widowed mother who gives a doll to her son, unaware that the doll is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. Budget of nine million, box office forty-four million, um, huge success for that time. Produced by United Artists and distributed by MGM United Artists as well. Um, obviously child's play is number one. I feel like out of all these movies, that was probably the obvious choice here. Um, child's play one is a paramount and I would say a pioneering horror film, uh, for a lack of a better phrase, you have a horror film about a doll that really pioneered the tropes of like the doll movies. Um, they talk about it a little bit in the uh, documentary, but they, there really wasn't any movie like this on the market at the time. Um, really child's play pioneered and created an entire series. And this is the beginning. This is the beginning. 100%. You have a, a super scary doll, right? You have a, a very vulnerable protagonist, a very, very vulnerable protagonist, which, you know, for people who are looking at tropes and horror movies, that's one of the, again, probably one of the most important things uh, to have in a protagonist is that it's, it's somebody that you, you wouldn't want to see as the protagonist. And, Obviously, Andy Barkley is not who you want to see as the protagonist. You don't want to see a little kid being attacked. But, of course, that's what makes this movie so scary. 
and it has a great some great one-liners uh i can't remember what it is the mom says but she's like speak to me or i'll throw you in the fire you son of a bitch or you bastard or something like that um but obviously it's a great movie it has its scares it has its scare factor and just generally speaking it, it brad dorif is fantastic not only as chucky but as also as charles lee ray who is killed in the beginning of the movie so uh dave what are your thoughts on child's play uh, i love this movie and I and I know people I know people have nostalgic and sentimental favorites when it comes to franchises. And I know other people might say, oh, this is my favorite. and This is my favorite because of because of. But if you just purely look at impact and the story presented, I, this is the this is the movie. Right. Because like you said, there's been creepy dolls. There's been killer dolls. There's been things like this in, in, in literature and other things, but not presented like this. And this. um I mean, it took it to a new level because a toy, it shouldn't be a killer, right? It shouldn't, it's supposed to be something that's childlike, that is for a child. And, um, it is just great. The cast is, is so good. It is acted so well. Um, and I mean, it, everything about it, I love it. it. It is an iconic film that established an icon of horror. And I mean, all these movies, even the ones we don't, don't like per se, all were possible and spun out of this one film. This film had not had been very good and had bombed. We wouldn't be talking about Chucky. It would it would be you know just one of those. Uh, remember that one slasher film from the eighties? But they got it right because it was different. Um, it, it 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 wasn't just a, you know a guy in a mask or something supernatural. I mean, there obviously there were supernatural aspects, but it's not it's not your typical big iconic you know slasher trope at the time right. it, it, it went about it a little different and um you know and and you know some of the rules of horror they they follow them but they kind of bend them a little right they right. they they do it a little differently and um there's just some of the aspects are so great right that it starts innocently enough a single mom trying to do something for her son for her, his birthday because this is the hot toy which everybody no matter how old you are what generation you're from can relate to the hot toy of the season right there's always a hot toy of the season and and, and she's able she falls in the situation where she gets one and, and, and this is what happens but even the, the part where they take the kid from her and, and she's literally she's just so stressed and traumatized by all this that she's doesn't know what to think. Is this true? Is it not true? She's yelling at the doll and carrying on and then twist it like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This clearly this doll's not doing this. And um it's just so well done. Right? It, it it I don't know. I just I love this movie. I absolutely and I put it up there with a you know pretty much any horror movie. Yeah. It's just it's it's enjoyable, it's fun, uh trend setting. I kinda I do you know, whatever the cliches are, it's just it's a, a fun movie. And um, and to me, you know, as we wrap down, this is our, uh, you know, the final movie. It's one of the best things about the, the Child's Play series. Man, it's always been very relevant and aware of its own history. Mm-hmm. And they always bring back characters and not only the characters, but the actors. And um, it, it, I mean, they've reused actors in different roles and stuff. It's just they're very respectful of their of their heritage and their their history, per se, or of the franchise. And and, and they know. They're very in tune with how horror fans know the details and are aware of these details and bring back characters and, and, and things. And, and I feel like 
you know, being in touch with that is one of the things that stands out about the franchise overall as a whole. Um, Absolutely. But as we wrap it down, let's real quick, let's hit a couple other things because, you know, we ranked our favorite movies, but let's talk, uh, just, you know, hit the highlights. In 2021, the Chucky TV series did debut based on the characters by Don Mancini, starring Zachary Arthur, Alexa Doig, Devin Sawa, Brad Dorif. It's set as a sequel to Cult of Chucky. The series follows Chucky as he commits a series of mysterious murders in a quiet city in the United States. Uh, we don't have information on the budget or whatever else. Again, this was a series uh, produced by Sci-Fi and USA. Uh, produced by David Kirshner Productions, uh, Eat the Cat, Universal Content Productions, distributed by Sci-Fi USA. Uh, re- it's all the return of Brad Dorf as the voice of Chucky, which, yay. Yeah, hey. And seasons one and two are out now, and season three is expected to come later in the year. Um, I love this series. I think it's great. It's a great continuation. Again, it continues on with the heritage and the history. They have characters brought back uh, in this series uh, while having this new cast. It's it's what all the franchises are doing now, right? They're mixing that's the, the, the whole requel uh, belief, yep. right? Where they're, they're bringing the legacy characters and mixing them with the new cast. And, uh, but I like that they're doing it as a, as a series. I think it, it, it's, it's different, right? It's not doing another movie like everybody else. Let's do it as a series. Um, I, I, I do think that's one thing that horror franchises are missing out on a touch is utilizing the series in the short series and, and streaming services for this stuff, because, and, and, I, and I feel like, again, with Chucky, the upcoming Crystal Lake, they're, they're starting to go in that route. But they, they I think they need to kind of maybe come off the mindset of movie, movie, movie and, and realize that there's a lot that can be done in the context of a series. And, and the Chucky series has really shown that. Um, I, Ike, what do you think of the, the, the Chucky TV series? Absolutely. I think the Chucky TV series is very good. Um, I haven't watched all of it yet. I think I'm part of the way through season two. Um and obviously I'm excited for season three, of course. The Chucky series, I, I think that I, you kind of touched on it, but I think one of the most underutilized formats in horror is TV genre. Um, I think a lot of horror series could benefit from making a TV show, you know, fleshing out some of the characters. Honestly, I'd watch a Haddonfield TV series. Um, really, I'd watch really any horror-related TV series if you – created it and made it into a, a proper you know series even backstories and things like that and i feel like with the tv series you have the ability to flesh things out more than you do within an hour and a half movie right most of the chucky movies are like you know hour hour and 20 to hour and 45 minutes you can do more with the series to make the characters more lifelike and give them more legitimacy than you can in that short time with the movie the series is great it has a lot of good things about it um where like you said the return of those legacy characters to sort of pass the torch if you will which i think is very important in this modern horror genre because very much so these older generation characters are getting to the point where they may not be able to reprise their roles for much longer um you know another 10 15 years and they may not want to do it anymore so it's it's great to be able to get some other characters in the you know in the playing field so that way eventually the torch could be passed so Absolutely. Love the series. Can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, historically, horror has not lended itself to TV for obvious reasons, right? Because there was network TV. And even when cable came into it, there was, you know, limited. You, you, there were certain things that were in horror that you could not put on TV. Right. And, and, and I mean, you know, the TV edits of movies were highly edited. 
So, <laughs> right, it didn't lend that way. And I, I feel like they're, 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 yeah, they're a little slow on the catch up to realize that, hey, you know, streaming platforms and content now is different. And it's a lot more wide open on what you can put. You can put the same content you put in movies now in these series uh, on the right platform. Slowly, I think with Chucky, American Horror Story, the upcoming Crystal Lake, there are series that are starting to 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 dive into this. And and I hope I hope more do. I really feel like it's it's, it's untapped and I feel like it's just a whole wealth of content we could get uh, related to these franchises. And a couple of just odds and ends about this the thing to, to put a bow on this. Uh, in 2013, there was a runner game that was available on the iOS and Android called Chucky Slash and Dash which was mostly negatively reviewed. I don't know anything about this, but it, it was there. Uh, Chucky's full name uh, was Charles Lee Ray. It was from Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray, three notorious killers. Uh, Child's Play 3 had controversy in the UK when the media ran with stories that the movie had inspired the murders of James Bulger, who was abducted, tortured, tortured and murdered by two 10-year-old boys, and Suzanne Capper, who was murdered by a parent. Uh, the police have since stated that this is not true. Uh, and protesters outside of MGM Studios during the initial release of the first movie uh, claimed that it needed to be banned because it would cite violence in children. Uh, I'm assuming that it was because of the toy, but, you know, it was 1988. Uh, people were, well, <laughs> I, okay, I say it was 1998, but, you know, whatever. Has life truly changed? Uh, people are protesting all kinds of wacky stuff, uh, but it happens. Uh, but thankfully, the movie still saw the light of day, and we have gotten to enjoy it since. Woo, so there we go, putting a bow on the existing content out there. Let's uh, catch our breath real quick, and when we come back, we'll have a quick chat and review of the Living with Chucky documentary. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back. Uh, real quick, we're going to talk about the Living with Chucky documentary that is available now, or is coming out this year. It's available on Screenbox on April 4th, and uh, I cannot recommend this enough when it comes out to watch it. It is a, a filmmaker who grew up alongside Chucky the Killer Doll, seeks out other families surrounding the Child's Play films as they recount their experiences working on the ongoing franchise and what it means to be a part of the Chucky family. It was written and directed by Kira Elise Gardner, uh, who, like we said earlier, her dad was part of the effects uh, puppeteer, whatever you want to call it, that whole team uh, that did Chucky throughout the franchise history, uh, starring you know Lynn Shea, Marlon Wayans, Brad Dourif, Abigail Breslin, uh, blah blah blah. There's just so many people in this. Um, like we're not gonna we're not gonna rate this because it's a documentary, right? Uh, but but if I was gonna rate it, I mean, man, five screams is not enough for me. This was so much fun to watch. Uh, I but again, I'm I love documentaries. I, I absolutely love things that go behind the scenes and dig a little deeper and tell you things that you didn't know that tell, you know, this, the things that you're passionate about, how they came to be. And there's never really been one on the child's play franchise. And man, this one was produced so well, edited, just done so well. It goes movie by movie through it talks to virtually everybody in the franchise. Um, and then brings it all around to, to really give a great human interest story um, about this girl and her dad and how, you know, how close they were, but how all these people, whether it be the, the actors, whether it be Don Mancini, whether it be the, you know, the producer, whether it be this girl, they, it's like they almost view Chucky as a, a part of their family. 
because of the impact and the importance it has been. Um, it, you watch a documentary about a killer doll, you don't you don't really feel like it's going to pull on your heartstrings a little bit. But it's 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 a really great you know human story in the end when they they kind of bring it around, um, and and you find out how relatable it is, right? She's you know talking to the daughter you know of the actress actor that plays Brad that you know that plays Nika and all this, and hey, it's relatable because my dad did this, and and you know we we both are almost quote unquote legacies of this franchise, and um and it's great. And you hear the great stories. About you know Don Mancini showing up when the the special effects department was having their rap party, when he still had to you know be in at 5 a.m. the next day to continue his work, but he shows up right and to to be a part and just how much of a family this whole this whole franchise is. Um, but but again the nuts and bolts of hearing these stories of people that worked on it and 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 acted in it over the years and how it goes movie by movie. It's so enjoyable and so much fun. But again, I'm I'm a sucker for documentaries. So this is right, you know, and a horror documentary is right in my wheelhouse. So uh, I like what you think. Absolutely. Honestly, I wish there were more horror documentaries like this, um, because like obviously I, there's like the that Netflix series, like the films that made us, and they did like a some horror movies and stuff like that. But I definitely wish that there were more documentaries about horror movies because I watched this and I enjoyed it so much because these are movies that I love. These are characters that I love. These are people that genuinely are, are great people who have depicted these characters for years. And you get to kind of see their interactions with one another, but also just their genuine thoughts on the series and the franchise as a whole. Um, and I think that the biggest thing about this is that, like you said, it definitely brought sort of like a humanizing like tone to like Chucky, right? They all kind of think of him as like a member of the family, somebody who's been there for them for 20 years or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's definitely such an interesting, like, it's an interesting, like, mix of people, right? These are people from all different walks of life who came together for the first movie or came together for the second movie or came together for the third movie. And I I love the transition of this movie and how they presented it. Like, they were putting the VHS tapes in, they were putting the DVDs in. and. It was just, it was so great. And like you said, it had kind of like that moment at the end where like they were talking about like, you know, the daughter who's the daughter of the, the effects guy who's like, you know, she was, you know, you weren't really home a lot because you're working on his, you know, he's like, I, I hated doing it. He's like, I hated being away from you, but it was job. It was work. We needed money. You know, he's like, and I love doing it. It's like, he's like, but they're, you know, I hated being away from you guys. And it was, it was like you said, it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, pulls on your heartstrings a little bit. Cause you're like, this is just like one big, like, you know, a little disconnected because they all weren't always together. But in some ways, they all they're all they all tied together in some way. And I think that's kind of the point that the, the you know, the filmmaker was trying to make is that in some way, shape or form, each of the people that were in this were connected. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, they were. They were connected. They were like a family all centered around this doll. Right. Yeah. This doll. character, <laughs> And it was fascinating. I love the effect side of it because. While I was completely aware that Chucky's always been practical effects, just to see how, man, it was incredible, the robotics and things they did. And uh, and I love the parts where they say, hey, there's there's no other way we would do it, right? We we don't want to do CGI because that's not – it doesn't feel believable, right? And, and they made mention of how you can tell the difference between CGI Yoda and effects Yoda and how you know the practical effects, they, they look real. And it's true, right? I mean – CGI is incredible, and there's amazing things you can do with it. But 
when you go to the point of the characters, yeah, you can still you can still tell what's CGI. When you have something like this, I mean, you know, you, these all the actors were talking that because of the way it was done in the effects process, you weren't acting to a stand-in or or to something imaginary. You were acting to Chucky, and um, which I mean that gave it that 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 feel uh, that was so incredible. Um, and you're right, there are you know there are not enough of these documentaries. There are a few out there, right? There's Crystal Lake Memories uh, on the Friday the Thirteenth series. There's uh, Never Sleep Again uh, on the uh, Night- Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are both great, and there's a few others, but um, but I I love this, right? I I was just so good. I, I enjoyed the documentary. I cannot recommend it enough. To, to people to watch this. It's going to be, like I said, a re-release on April 4th on Screenbox. Uh, so if you do not subscribe to Screenbox, go do it right now just just for this. This alone is worth the subscription just to watch this, not even mentioning all the other great content that is out there on Screenbox. But I, I cannot – I mean, it's two thumbs up from old Dave here. I, I cannot recommend Living with Chucky enough. Uh, such a well-done documentary, so enjoyable. Um it's one of those things where you know you watch a documentary and you don't you don't think about rewatch value, but this is definitely one that I think I would rewatch. Oh yeah, um, it was so it was so it's so great, and uh, and it's it's really cool to watch this and then rewatch the movies and have these discussions about the franchise with the documentary as some research and context too. It adds a whole another level and layer uh, to enjoying th- these movies uh, and everything else, and uh, so. Uh, cannot recommend it enough. Uh, again, we're not going to rate it as it's, you know, a documentary really right. in it. So it's not, re- you know, in the same realm of, of theatrical type movies and, or not theatrical per se, but, um, you know, movies that we we rate. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> again, if I was, it's you know, five out of five, two thumbs up, 100 percent backed by me. Go watch it uh, again on Screenbox April 4th. Um, no, no complaints. Such a, a great movie. Yeah, uh, they, they uh, everything's there, right? It tells the backgrounds of the movies, the nuts and bolts, and then, like I said, you know, it's got a little human interest in there too that just I didn't expect. That was it was really nice. So, but like that's it. That, that kind of puts a wrap on our uh, child's play and Chucky discussion. I think um, so. So <laughs> yeah, um, again, I really enjoy when we do these franchise dives. You know, we're gonna we'll do more in the future uh, when things come up. But it's really great when we have like this documentary release that it gives us the purpose, gives us the reason to do it. Uh, so that that was fun. Uh, next episode, we're going to we're going to dive into an independent film uh, that we were that was brought to our attention. It was actually primarily released first released in 2020, starting to gain a little traction. Actually got a, a release out there uh, that you know, where everybody can watch it now. It's called Body Farm. Uh, if you would like to watch it before we review it next week, you can just go to BodyFarmMovie.com. Uh, they have links there on several platforms. It's on YouTube. It's on several other platforms. It's free and easy to watch. So uh, go out there and watch it. Support this indie film before we discuss it next week. I'm pretty excited uh, because I'm, I'm always uh, I'm always psyched to to support an indie film, uh, an indie horror. So this is going to be fun. Uh, so Ike, before we close out uh, and, and completely put a lid on the Child's Play episode, anything you want to throw in there? Um, you know, if you haven't seen the Child's Play movies, I I feel like there is like a level of like, well, how how good can a series about a killer doll be? Um, and, and I think it cannot be put lightly enough that this is a, a pioneering film, a pioneering series, a series that has long lasting, you know, effects not only into the genre, uh, but into, you know, a lot of 
fans. You know, I mean, there's been so many people who have seen this film and it legitimately has created entire personas and everything else. And it has its life of its own. So if you haven't seen these movies, watch them. You'll love them. Check out the documentary. Documentary is great. Um, it only adds a cherry on top of a perfectly good Sunday, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and even the ones that, you know, again, even the ones that I don't enjoy as much, the franchise as a whole is fun to watch start yep. to finish. Um, and again, when you talk iconic movie killers, Chucky's right there. That I mean, he's right there with all the others. So, I mean, you know, I can't imagine that there's very many people that have not seen some of the child's play movies. Uh, but even if you think it's just not your cup of tea, give it, give it a shot, give it a chance and dive in with an open mind. So that's it. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you enjoy and follow us on the social media platforms that we discussed earlier. And until next episode, when we discuss the independent film body farm, go to bodyfarmmovie.com to watch that wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>